this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new edition of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity, a.k.a. Wolfie T, a.k.a. Brett. Mm-hmm. Call me Lone Wolf. I think very highly of myself, and I've also earned it. Still true. But it is. Except for the Lone Wolf part. <laughs> the uh, holiday season has come and gone. We are fully into 2020 mode. Well, we're almost to another holiday. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Day. That it is. Mm-hmm. Because we have it off. <laughs> well, only racists work on MLK Junior Day. <laughs> Golden Globes <laughs> happened last weekend. Oh, Ricky Gervais. I didn't. Uh, I'm not a huge Ricky Gervais fan, but. I enjoyed his monologue. <laughs> his monologue was perfect. It was, it was very good. Only part of the Globe is worth watching. I don't watch the Globes, like, ever. I feel like he was I talking... I just watched that on Twitter, his monologue. I feel like uh, Ricky Gervais was speaking on behalf of everybody at home. Because <laughs> I missed... I, did, I only watched the beginning and the end. And at the end, he came out for the last award, and he, you know, sigh of relief that it was over. (laughs) (laughs) He was fresh out of fucks. (laughs) It was quite the monologue. Um, Oscar nominations come out on Monday. Is that the 12th? Uh, Monday is the 13th. 13th. So I'm looking forward to that. This will be a recently seen episode, and we're gonna start doing a. We're gonna start doing what we did last year when we talked about movies that we grew up with. We used to watch a lot as kids, mm. and uh, I think I mentioned on a previous episode where I was gonna do Encino Man, and I rewatched <laughs> that, and we're not gonna do Encino Man. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick something else, possibly Adventures in Babysitting, or possibly uh a John Candy film, but uh, the other film I picked is Little Big League. There's no way of getting around that. <laughs> it's good shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then, and then we can uh, be homers because it's from uh, <laughs> Minnesota. Yep. We love our Minnesota mid-90s youth sports movies. Mm-hmm. So many filmed here in the 90s. You have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. They all kind of went away. Did you ever notice how many baseball movies came out in 1995? (laughs) (laughs) It's like the stadiums were emptier or something, (laughs) and they needed somebody to come and fill them. What are the two movies you're going to pick? I was thinking of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The OG? The OG from 1990. 
And uh, probably, uh, I think we're going to go with Ghostbusters. All right. So or maybe it's the sequels of those two. I don't know. We'll see how <laughs> I feel that week. But probably uh, Ghostbusters well, we're not and doing Ninja the, the reboot. Oh, fuck that reboot of Ghostbusters. You said sequels, plural, and there's only there's Ghostbusters Well, sequels two. to Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, the two movies that I had <laughs> mentioned in the previous sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll be doing that over the next month or so, probably a little longer. Today's the 8th of January. It is. So this will, I mean, we'll have to do the, our top 10 of the year episode in early February. I can actually participate. But I don't know can. if I could bring a top 10 of 2018, because I know you like to revisit the previous mm-hmm. year. But uh, I don't I have, have to necessarily. I have 19 down for the most part. Good. There's only, I, I don't know, uh, be seeing 1917 this weekend, and I think Jojo Rabbit might be the only other one that I haven't seen that might have a shot mm-hmm. to get in there. Okay. So, yeah, looking uh, be looking out for that. So we'll be doing movies from our youth over the next month and a half or so. Our youths. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> with various recently seen episodes, sprinkle it in. So we got a lot coming up after kind of being sporadic with our episodes the past couple months, yeah. basically. So we're back in full force, and we're going to talk about, well, I'm going to talk about four movies, but two of which you have also seen, so you're going to be chipping in And I'm going to talk about four movies. <laughs> two of which I have seen. <laughs> we're going to talk about five movies total. <laughs> well, six. Six movies total. Was it six? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I don't <laughs> know. We'll we'll talk about them, and then we'll add them up later. <laughs> I haven't had to do math in a long time. All right, I uh, completed not. the movie challenge for the Brothers Grimsby, which you challenged. Uh, and what a challenge! Me a while, a what a challenge ago. it was. <laughs> Let us know if you've seen the Brothers Grimsby, and if you haven't, I challenge you to see it. <laughs> All right, let's get it started. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? I saw the new Terrence Malick film, A Hidden Life. Did you really see it? Uh, So it was like a hide-and-seek type thing? (laughs) Not quite. So it was also written by Terrence Malick, in addition to directing. Stars August Deal, Valerie Packner, Maria Simon, Karen Neuhauser, Tobias Moretti, Ulrich Mathis, Mathis, uh, Matthias uh, Schonertz, I always forget how to say his name. You say his name was Shownuts? Shownerts. Like, show us your nuts? No. Show, Shownerts. Franz Rogowski, Karl Markovics, and Bruno Ganz, which I believe this is his uh, final film credit. I don't know if I recognize that. Passed away uh, almost a year ago now, February 16th, 2019. What else did he do? Uh, a lot of different things. Uh, he was a Swiss actor, but was prominent in uh, kind of German films. He's in Wings of Desire, which is a Wim Wenders film. He's in the Liam Neeson vehicle, Unknown. He was in uh, House that Jack Built last hmm. year. I have not seen any of those. Mm-hmm. The Witness, more of a 
international actor. Synopsis for A Hidden Life. The Austrian Franz uh, Jagerstadter, <laughs> pro- I'm probably pronouncing that right or wrong, but... I mean, you saw the movie. Yeah. Um, a conscientious objector refuses to fight for the Nazis in World War II. So I haven't seen all of Terrence Malick's films, but I've seen a few, and all of them that I've seen I've really liked or loved. Hmm. So I'm a fan of his. On one hand, I found it to be a very good movie, good acting, good message, hmm. very good visuals. He has some pretty unique visual visuals. To his films. Did it have good antagonists? <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. I mean, if your antagonists are the Nazis, that's kind mm. of uh, uh, low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Is it not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be like Jojo Rabbit, which I haven't seen, but <laughs> based on the promos, it looks like the Nazis are the good guys in that one. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> He has a very unique visual style to his films. They're always very poetic, and if you've seen a couple of Terrence Malick's films, you'll be able to just pick them out visually, mm-hmm. with the types of camera angles he uses and whatnot. On the other hand, this is maybe the most boring movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Slow <laughs> as fuck. Well, they gotta pad, they gotta pad the runtime. I mean, it's only, what, three hours and 20-something minutes? It says two hours and 54 minutes, which has got to be a typo. (laughs) As I remember sitting in the theater, there was a couple of times where I started to doze off, but I caught myself and was able to keep watching. So I didn't really miss much, maybe a line here or there. Mm -hmm. But I'm sitting there forever, and I'm thinking, like, I've been here a while. There's probably about a half hour left, 20 minutes left, maybe. There was at least another hour and a half. (laughs) I was just sitting there like, what the fuck? And like, this is at the theater I work at, so I know how long it is. I know it's only three hours. Yeah. But I'm like, I've, I'm going to be late for the next movie. I got I got to go see Uncut Gems after this. This is going past the stated runtime. So slow. It's just like mind-numbingly slow. Mm-hmm. And I guess the best part of the film is when it cuts to black, there's a quote that goes on the screen that explains the meaning of the title, A Hidden Life. <laughs> I was like, oh, could have just read that somewhere and then looked at the <laughs> looked at the synopsis for the film and gone, okay, <laughs> all right, I get it. But no, you get three hours of just, uh, I was so frustrated with it. So, I mean, if you're a big Malik fan, you know, check it out. Mm. You still might get some out of it. Like I said, it's a good story. But, God, I cannot recommend this to everyone. This is not something you need to see. So I will give it a last resort. All right. It's a last resort. Yeah, based on the trailer, that's uh, kind of what I expected. Maybe not as uh, harsh as that, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I will never watch it again. I kind of figured. Because that one I was kind of debating, like, do I want to see that? But it's like three hours, and it doesn't look like there's a whole lot there. Like, yeah, I don't mind long movies. Because they're like, even in the trailer, there's like long scenes of them just cutting wheat. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> how it opens. Like, okay, I guess that's <laughs> the kind of movie we're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of farming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I have a uh, 2019 film mm. that I watched on the Netflix. Ooh. In one sitting, without stopping, it's called The Irishman. Oh, good for you. And how was it? It was a, it was a bit long. <laughs> now, that one genuinely is three hours and 29 minutes. It's uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. It stars Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Harvey Keitel, Ray Romano, Bobby Cannavale, Anna Paquin, uh, Stephen Graham, Stephanie Kurtzuba, Jesse Plemons is in there. I mean, there's a lot of people in there, but that's mostly the main cast. And the synopsis is a mob hitman recalls his possible involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa. I like that they put possible in there. Like, he, <laughs> like he doesn't know. <laughs> Allegedly. We should say that for legal purposes. It's like, well, it's a spoiler, but uh, we'll put possibly in there. So, uh, so yeah, this was uh, Scorsese's big new hit uh, movie on Netflix. You know, everybody talking about you know, cut it into a mini series, watched in in uh multiple sittings. Uh I can't do that. I gotta watch the whole thing all at once. Yeah. And I made it through. I made sure I was well rested. I had take I had a couple days off for Christmas. I had made sure I was I You was didn't eat a pizone right before <laughs> <laughs> No, I was I was good to go. You know, it's a good movie. But I would say it's not one of Scorsese's best. I think there's a, you know, a good number of movies that he's done that I would definitely put op- above this. Aside from the length, uh, one of the things that bugged me was the uh, kind of the framing devices they used throughout, because it seems like he started doing, you know, doing the movie one way. And then he would kind of get away from that and kind of forget that he was doing it. Mm-hmm. And then he would, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing it, you know. And what I mean by that is, like, it starts off with really old Robert De Niro in the nursing home talking into the camera. And then it fades. Spoilers. To, <laughs> and then it fades to a flashback and he's doing a narration. A flashback in a Scorsese film? You're yeah. shitting me. And then it flashes back again and he's, he does the more narration. Two levels down. Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude, dude. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of that. But then like there's no narrating or cutting back to the storyteller for like you know, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. And then they cut back to it like, oh yeah, shit, we were doing this. We forgot <laughs> we were having him tell the story from from today. Uh, so I thought that was kind of, uh, a, a little bit distracting, uh, from the, the, from the film acting was, uh, was pretty good, although it was hard to tell the, uh, the timeline at some points because De Niro, well, they, all of them, all three of the main characters, they look old no matter when they are in the film, just sometimes they have dark hair and less wrinkles. And so, like, it was hard for me to judge, like, how far back in the film they went. Yeah. You know, in time. Uh, until they hit, like, a, a historical landmark. And then you can get your bearings. 
And then they jump ahead again, and then you're kind of lost again. Like, well, what the fuck year are they in? <laughs> so, uh, those are a, cute, a couple of negative things about it. But, like, I mean, if you like mobster movies, and you're interested at all in, like, the Jimmy Hoffa story, or if you're a fan of, uh, you know, Scorsese and his usual crew of, uh, of actors, uh, I mean, it's worth watching, but... I would say don't necessarily expect a masterpiece. Don't expect like the best Scorsese movie you've seen, uh, but give it a shot. Uh, WTM eventually. Eventually. All right. Well, we're going to talk about a movie now that we've both seen, and it was what I watched right after A Hidden Life. So I about had a heart attack <laughs> going from the <laughs> slowest movie ever <laughs> to just an anxiety attack of a movie that explains uh, a, a little bit uh we'll kind of get into it with your review but uh, mm-hmm. i think that that might explain why uh well maybe you liked this one a little more than i did <laughs> given given what you watched immediately <laughs> prior to it <laughs> yeah just comparatively speaking yeah uh, directed by brothers Benny and Josh Safdie. Also written by them and Ronald Bronstein. If it's Bronstein or Stein. Starring. God, they did this stupid... This this is not the top-billed cast. Oh, they did it by uh, order of appearance. Apparently. But we'll just go with Adam Sandler, uh, Keith Williams Richards, Tommy Kamenek, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Julia Fox, Palm Clementif, Mike Francesca, Kevin Garnett. Weird that Kevin Garnett doesn't have a picture. Yeah. Edina Menzel, Eric uh, Bogosian, and uh, The Weeknd. I think that's about all we need to mention. I think so. Synopsis. A charismatic New York City jeweler, always on the lookout for the next big score, makes a series of high-stakes bets that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. Howard must perform a precarious high-wire act, balancing business, family, and encroaching adversaries on all sides in in his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. Metaphorically. (laughs) It's not a literal high-wire act. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, he's leaning out the window to pass the money off, you know. (laughs) Not on a wire, though. That's true. (laughs) So, Safdie Brothers, this is their follow-up to kind of their debut feature, Good Time, with Robert Pattinson. That is kind of a similar style, techno score, kind of a go-go-go pacing to it. Mm -hmm. This one, I think, is even more so. Good Time opens kind of with a bank robbery and then running from the cops the rest of the movie. I haven't seen that one yet, so I can't compare. Mm-hmm. And I like that one quite a bit. Uh, I made Jones's top 10 from 2017. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I like this one even better than Good Time. I love this film. I thought Sandler was incredible. Uh, love a good, serious Sandler. Yeah, he was fantastic. Like, all the acting is fantastic in yeah. this movie. I was I was impressed with Kevin Garnett. I was like, really? He's there's, pretty good. There's a lot of people who have, like, no acting experience who are just 
having fantastic performances. Yeah. In this movie. Mike Francesca. <laughs> it's the dumbest bet I've ever heard of. What do you know about that? I don't know. <laughs> I disagree, Gary. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree, Gary. Yeah, I love the uh love the pacing of this film. Uh the score goes along with it. Great. You don't have to be a sports fan to enjoy this movie, but it helps, I think. I think so. But I agree, like anybody could enjoy this. It's yeah. not necessarily about sports. Like there's sports betting in it. Mm-hmm. And there's I've seen know, some people call it a sports movie. Obviously Kevin Garnett's in there. And they show people watching sports that they have bet on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but like even if you're not into sports, like the story is pretty fucking great. Yeah. Like you said, it's it's pretty heart pounding and you know, it's uh you know, breakneck speed almost, but like you have it's it's kinda anxiety inducing if you're if you're trying to uh empathize with Sandler's character with all the different people he owes money to and how he kind of fucks up his finances trying to get a windfall Mm -hmm. so that he can not only pay back his debts, but also profit on top of it. Yeah. It's, uh, and how he treats his family or his wife. Right. Uh, particularly, but, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) So critics, I think is around 93. And last time I checked for audience, it was around like 54. But that was closer to Christmas where the when this movie came out. And I know a lot of people that went to see it on Christmas were like, hey, let's get the family out. We're uh, going to the new Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> so many people were like, I don't know why Adam Sandler signed up for this. He wasn't funny. Yeah, the audience, just a terrible. I didn't like him. The audience score is 51%. Oh, right it's now. gone down even farther now. <laughs> Critics are 92 um, I won't say it's just because of that, but um, yeah, I can see why it wouldn't have the highest audience score, but some of it is definitely people not knowing what they're getting into. This is not an Am Sandler movie. It is, but it's not. It's not an Am Sandler comedy, although I did f- find it funny in parts, even him. Oh, but yeah. He, he was funny yeah. in parts. Yeah, it's it's not a comedy, but there's definitely, you know, humor in there. Yeah. Like, like most suspense and drama movies mm-hmm. there's gotta be some levity yeah he gained weight for the role he wore he den- gained weight yeah gained weight for the role uh he wore dentures he had a fake mole on his face <laughs> so he really uh he was super transforms <laughs> in howard he's super greasy in this movie. <laughs> yeah. i used to live with a degenerate sports gambler and I can tell you, Adam Sandler fucking nailed it. <laughs> Brought back a lot of memories. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I think you liked it more than I did. But the the last, I don't know what, like thirty or forty minutes is fucking insane. Yeah, like the climax of this movie is top notch. Mm-hmm. Like some of the best shit. Just building drama, and then. I don't want to spoil anything, but like, it does a fantastic job of like getting sucking you into the story, and and really uh, relating to the characters and and becoming kind of part of it yourself. 
just the way that they they filmed it and they uh present it on film yeah this was a uh a 10-year passion project for the safety brothers they've been trying to make this movie forever and they always had adam sandler in mind mm-hmm. and even bit back before you know anybody knew who they were yeah. and then when good time came out was at the festivals and i think it was at can and like uh adam sandler talked about his agents they're like yeah these uh these guys want to talk about this movie, uh, Uncut Gems. He's like, who are these guys? Why do they want to talk to me? Like, oh, they're these new, young, and hip filmmakers. You should, <laughs> you know, talk to them. And uh, they wanted him because they wanted a guy who could be kind of a despicable person, but somebody who you still root for. Right. And they think Adam Sandler kind of fits that bill. I think so. Because he's, yeah, he's a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> But he's got something about him where you're like you want him to win. Like mm-hmm. you're like, if not, if if for no other reason than like he just keeps bringing shit on top of himself <laughs> by his just terrible gambles and you know the way he like he said the way he manages his money is just like panic attack inducing, <laughs> and you just like like dude you got a family you got kids. You got, like, <laughs> Fucking, you gotta win. We need them to win. Yeah, uh, I will give this movie an ASAP. ASAP. That means now. Uh, give it a soonish. All right, soonish. So that's two reviews. Soonish or better. So which means go see it. Go now. see it. All right. Let's talk about another movie we've both seen recently. How about Star Wars? Colon. <laughs> Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Directed by J.J. Abrams. Starring Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Anthony Daniels, Naomi Aki, Domino Gleason, Richard E. Grant, Lupita Nyong'o, Carrie Russell, Jonas Suatomo. I know, it looks like Anthony Jeselnik in that picture. <laughs> He's Chewbacca. I see. Kelly Marie Tran, Ian uh, McDermott, Billy D. Williams. She looks so lovely in this film. Billy D. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Greg Grunberg, Shirley Henderson, Billy Lord, and Dominic Monaghan. <laughs> Dominic Monaghan's name was Beaumont. <laughs> that's Beaumont. If I had a guess, I would say that's his Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Beaumont? An employee I had to let go. <laughs> Synopsis The surviving members of the Resistance face the First Order once again, and the legendary conflict between the Jedi and the Sith reaches its peak, bringing the Skywalker saga to its end. Can I can I say I saw this at the IMAX mm-hmm. at the AMC Poser IMAX and I know I saw it at the IMAX because they had about five minutes of ads beforehand saying that it was the IMAX. Did you get the big countdown too? The ten <laughs> from ten nine. Like you don't need to count down from fucking ten. <laughs> like we already sat through twenty five minutes of uh, trailers. <laughs> I don't need. <laughs> yes, I know this is IMAX. I paid for it. I well, I didn't pay for it because I'm an A lister. But uh, I selected IMAX when I got my ticket. 
What really annoys me now is... There's a big IMAX sign by the <laughs> door when you walk in. <laughs> what really annoys me now is they'll do all the trailers. I'm not sure if they do this after even the IMAX countdown, but right before the movie starts, they'll have their ad for Coke and candy at the fucking... I don't know stand. if they had that. Oh, the, the the regular AMC one? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do that at the beginning. My favorite, well, they have one at the Because they're like, silence your cell phones, be quiet. Now go get some fucking popcorn and candy. They have one before the trailers and they have one after the trailers. Mm -hmm. My favorite guy in that is there's, uh, after the trailers, there's a guy who's at the edge of his seat with his popcorn and he's watching the screen, his eyes glued to the screen as he takes his popcorn one at a time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. He's my favorite guy. He's sitting by himself. He's a white dude. He's sitting in front. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, about an hour into the film, the screen goes black. <laughs> Sound continues, but no picture. It goes on for maybe a couple minutes. People are getting up and leaving, walking out. Rabble, 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 rabble. Rabble, rabble, and then it stops. Everything just shuts off. They turn the lights come back up, uh, and then uh, there's a few minutes delay, and then uh, you know people start filing back in, and they uh, then the screen comes up, and they go back to that fucking IMAX ad at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and then they they stop it, and then they kind of fuck around, and then they start, and then they're at the wrong spot again and then they went too far into the movie and everybody's like pissed like no no we're not there yet we're not there yet and finally after about 10 minutes or so they they got back to where we were when we when we lost the picture and it was fine from there on out and they did give out vouchers on the way out for a free future uh movie ticket so there you go so but uh, we get a little bit of an unplanned intermission at the Star Wars, <laughs> the day after Christmas. Yeah. Um, I saw the Lagoon. Another good experience. It's like six in a row now. Nobody's talking during the movies. That's strange. Yeah. I've actually had pretty good uh, luck with that lately to the point where now I'm really noticing it when people start talking because it's been a while since I've. I've had to deal with it. Yeah. But uh, so I hated The Last Jedi. I went to see it twice in the theater, paid for it both times. Oh, no. Because I didn't believe that I disliked it that much. I was like, I must have missed something. Went back again. I was like, no, it still sucks. Luckily, I watched it on Netflix because I was an A-list at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I like The Force Awakens. At least found it to be very entertaining. I know it's a lot of nostalgia and whatnot. I'm I'm pretty susceptible to nostalgia, but uh, I, I enjoyed it, I guess, for what it was. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely better than The Last Jedi. But I didn't think it was, like, you know, anything special. It was, mm-hmm. like you said, it was a lot of nostalgia stuff, and they didn't really do much of anything in it it was just kind of rehash of, yeah of old stuff from the original trilogy mm-hmm. and they kind of i mean that was jj abrams yeah. uh, that one and this one rise of skywalker and so we get the, the nostalgia is kind of back again rehashing some old 
scenes and themes. So well, the nostalgia factor's back. He corrects a lot of stuff from uh, the last Jedi. Not yeah. corrects it, but like there's characters. It. There's characters that people didn't like in the last Jedi, and he's like, "We're not going to focus on that." <laughs> <laughs> and there's decisions made in the last Jedi. He's like, "You know what?" <laughs> well, I mean, some of the decisions that Ryan Johnson made were basically saying. I don't give a fuck what J.J. did last movie. I'm doing this. Right. And this movie, J.J. said, I don't give a fuck what he did last Jedi. I'm doing this. And I've seen uh, Ryan Johnson basically say that he uh, he made a Star Wars movie intentionally that uh, Star Wars fans would hate just because. He's like, that's a fun thing to do. Just make movies for, you know, the the, the fans of the franchise will hate. Well, I didn't see that interview, but I think I saw him tweeted on Twitter. Mm. So I think he gets tired of the trolls because there's so many. And then he was like, "You can't, you can't make a movie that the fans will like because then it's gonna suck." It's like, well, your movie sucked too. So <laughs> see, I loved Ryan Johnson's movies before. I liked uh, Brick and Looper, liked those movies. So I was really excited for the Last Jedi, and I saw. I remember when I went and saw it uh, opening weekend. Mm-hmm. I had seen that the Rotten Tomato score was like 90-some, but I didn't see the audience score. Yeah. So I didn't know about like the controversy. And I was like, I watched it, and I was like, why isn't this good? <laughs> and then I go home, and I go to Rotten Tomatoes, and I see the audience score, and then I delve deeper, and I see that there's a controversy and yeah. you know, alleging that there was a lot of bots spamming it with bad reviews <laughs> and all this, which I don't know what's happened with this new one because it has been at 86% audience like since it opened, and that's fucking bullshit. So I don't know what Rotten Tomatoes must have locked it. Yeah, I've seen uh, really mixed reviews for The Rise of Skywalker. I personally liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's it's probably my favorite since the original trilogy. And that's not saying, like, I loved it, because I haven't really liked a Star Wars movie. <laughs> I'm not a huge Star Wars fan to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the original trilogy enough. Return of the Jedi is my favorite of the, the original, uh, of the whole series, actually. Ooh, blasphemy. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> I, It's a little bit of a spoiler, but Rise of the Skywalker has a, has a uh, an Ewok in it, which gives it plus points. <laughs> He doesn't do much, but he's there. Yeah. Uh, There's two of them. <laughs> I, I, I thought there was only one. There's but two, and they maybe. share a look. And they're like, yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> that. <laughs> Maybe you're right. It's very, very little screen time. But, uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. You know, I can see, uh, you know, people liking it. But then I've seen a lot of people who didn't like it because... I, I guess I don't know it's not I would say it's not necessarily like really stars Star Warsy like it's not like necessarily your quintessential Star Wars movie but I think it's really entertaining I thought I had a good time with it I think uh, a lot of the most ardent last Jedi fans dislike this one because they kind of do away with a lot of what Ryan Johnson did and then there was people that basically said fuck star wars after last jedi i'm not watching it yeah and then there's people that liked it i'm not sure like the biggest star wars fans are like huge fans of this i guess i don't know i haven't delved deep enough into it but i think myself i'm a pretty big star wars fan and 
I don't know if it's a mixture of not liking The Last Jedi or maybe this one just not being very good, but I don't know. The magic's gone. I didn't. Mm. It was. There was some okay moments, interesting visuals, but like I said, like as much as I hated The Last Jedi, I thought there were some good visuals in it. Right. But I don't know. I was just. The whole movie, I'm just kind of meh the whole time. What I liked about it is it was basically just action. Right, like they they focus mostly on action. <laughs> uh, it's focused like, mostly on editing. Is like what it's focused. Like on. the the pacing is really fast. Like they'll they cut scene to scene really quickly, and just conversations within a scene are, are very especially, short. Yeah. Especially early on, you can tell that they're trying to get a lot of exposition out in a very short amount of time. Right, and and I thought that that made it more entertaining. Like because one of the things that bugs me about star wars is the, these long scenes of dialogue and it's you know it's really kind of just bullshit and just just goes on and on and monotonous and and they kind of do that too much i think uh and uh to your point here like they they fucking cut that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not a lot of acting i'd say it's a lot of people just saying their lines into the camera and then just cut away real quick and i, I there's don't no know. room to breathe i i didn't have a problem with that i thought it was uh you know they get uh get a lot of the action and that's kind of what what i was I, I didn't know what to expect going in but uh but i was happy with the result yeah i didn't think the action was all that great thought it was very predictable especially the end the quote-unquote big reveal, which I won't spoil, but I had heard rumors of that since the first one came out. So it seems like hmm. that's what J.J. Abrams had envisioned from the beginning. See, and I, then Ryan Johnson was kind of trying to change that. I don't think and I... And J.J. Yeah. Abrams was like, no, you don't. <laughs> so I haven't really been looking for or running into too many Star Wars rumors. So like, yeah. I wasn't... Like I'm going in there with a blank slate, you know, mm-hmm. like like I've seen all the movies, but I don't necessarily remember everything that fucking happened in the last two movies, so I don't know, maybe that helped. I don't know, like I don't I don't know if I was like hugely surprised, but or if it made sense in the the whole grand scheme of the three movies, but I don't know, I had fun with it. All right, I will give it a last resort. It's a last resort. And I say eventually. All right. Eventually. Uh, what else you got? What's your last film of the episode? So I've been talking about a lot of new movies. But uh, I think I'm going to go in the Wayback Machine to 1976 to a movie called The Ritz. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the Ritz. It's directed by Richard Lester. It stars Jack Weston, Rita Moreno, Jerry Stiller, Kay Ballard, (laughs) Big Murray, F. Murray Abraham, uh, Paul B. Price, Treat Williams, Dave King. That's about the uh, main cast there. Um, John Ratzenberger is also in there. He's got a small role. God, these synopsis are long. 
On his deathbed, Carmine Vespucci's mobster father tells him to get Proclo, Carmine's brother-in-law, Gaetano, or uh, Gaetano. Uh, With the hit on, Gaetano tells a cab driver to take him where Carmine can't find him. He arrives at the Ritz, a gay bathhouse where he is pursued amorously by a chubby chaser named Claude and by entertainer (laughs) Googie Gomez, who believes him to be a Broadway producer. Uh, His guides and protectors through the Ritz are Gatekeeper Abe, Habitu Chris, and Bellhop Go-Go Boys Tiger and Duff. Squeaky voice detective Michael Brick and his employer Carmine do locate Gaetano at the Ritz as he does, or as does his wife Vivian, but family secrets come out. It's a very long synopsis. So this is a comedy, and uh, it's pretty hilarious. I was uh, surprised, pleasantly surprised, at how much I enjoyed this movie. So yeah, um, Jack Weston plays uh, Gaetano Proclo, and uh, like I said, he's uh, he's on the run from his brother-in-law, who's played by Jerry Stiller, and uh, he ends up at a at a bathhouse in New York City. And uh, he uh, is unaware of uh, what that entails as far as the type of clientele mm-hmm. who uh, who frequent such an establishment. <laughs> and uh, he's in for a bit of a rude awakening. Uh, so there's a lot of, I guess you would say, mistaken identity type of humor. There's, uh, you know, it's just fucking hilarious. Like the stuff he goes through, kind of figuring out, you know, that it's for gay hookups and, and mm-hmm. things like that and, <laughs> and being mistaken for for a homosexual himself. Rita Moreno plays a, an entertainer at the bathhouse and uh, there's some question as to uh, what her gender is because everybody else is a guy there except for her and uh, she's very uh, abrasive and very Puerto Rican. But... Uh, yeah, it was uh, like I said. I was really pleasantly surprised at it. It's uh, it was really uh, had a lot of laughs in it. Uh, great humor, a lot of funny stuff. Jerry Stiller looks exactly the same in 1976 <laughs> as he does any other time you see him ever, <laughs> except for maybe his hair's a little darker. Zoolander. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you just put some sunglasses on, him and, <laughs> and you get that. Uh, but uh, the Ritz, I would recommend, uh, is WZM eventually. All right. Eventually. Let's get to the uh, movie challenge segment of the show. I completed the movie challenge for the Brothers Grimsby. I'm going to talk about it briefly here, and then we're going to kind of wrap up the show a little bit, and then we'll discuss Brothers Grimsby more in depth with spoilers after, I guess, we sort of sign off. The Brothers Grimsby came out in 2016, directed by Louis Leterrier. Or Louis Leterrier. <laughs> <laughs> I was guessing French, so. Uh, starring Sasha Baron Cohen, Mark Strong, Rebel Wilson, Freddie Crowder, Sean Thomas, Isla Fisher, Lex Shrapnel, Rory Keenan, Tamson Edgerton. Johnny Vegas, Ricky Tomlinson, Ian McShane, Penelope Cruz, 
missing anybody? I think that's about enough. Precious. Oh, yeah. Gabrielle Sidibe. Yeah, she's way deep in the credits. Synopsis. A new assignment forces a top spy to team up with his football hooligan brother. So Sasha Baron Cohen and Mark Strong play brothers separated at a very young age, never to see each other again. Orphans. Yes, Mark Strong goes on to become a super secret spy. And Sasha Baron Cohen goes on to drink a lot and enjoy football. So football hooligan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they meet up kind of by chance at an event that uh, Mark Strong is working. Undercover. Mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen kind of <laughs> blows said cover. It ruins everything, but uh, so they have to go on the run together, basically. They have to team up, become the Brothers Grimsby, because that's where they're, they're from. Yeah, they're hey. from Grimsby. Mm-hmm. What are they, the Butcher Brothers of Grimsby? Yes, yes. I was wondering, we should ask uh, Stephen Mark of Movie Drone fame how accurate of a portrayal of Grimsby this is. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gr- not flattering to the English. This is movie. Grimsby even a real place? I don't even know if Grimsby's a real place, honestly. I kind of thought, it. well, it sounded kind of real. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. But uh, it's uh, the two stereotypes of people from England are portrayed by Mark Strong and Sasha Baron Cohen in this movie. <laughs> it's like super sophisticated, well-dressed, you know, upper class, just, you know. Well, I just saw on Mark Strong's bio that uh, he was born in England, but uh, he uh, born of a Austrian mother and an Italian father. So that's maybe why he doesn't uh, look exactly like everyone else in Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> Or like Sasha Baron Cohen at all. <laughs> Although, I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen can kind of clean up well when he wants to. Yeah. You see him at an event and he's not dressed up like the dictator or Borat or something, Bruno or something it's like that. A, wasn't uh, Sasha born in Israel, though? Like He's really Jewish. Yeah, but he was raised in England, wasn't he? I think so. I mean, Cohen, so. He's <laughs> really Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's see here. Let's see if he was born in like Tel Aviv or something like that. No, he's born in Hammersmith, London. Oh, maybe his parents are from Israel. Eastern European Jewish descent. His mother was born in Israel to German Jewish parents. Ah, that's it. So I typically like Sasha Baron Cohen. Like you know, I love Borat. Bruno's not as good, but there's some good moments in there. So the dictator once. Kind of forgettable for me, but yeah. uh, um, this one, I would say it's probably more in line with The Dictator. I wasn't a huge fan, but there's there's some good moments in there. It's a lot of gross-out humor. There's a lot of gross-out humor. Yeah, that's kind of all it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, like, well, as I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, this is a movie Brett would fucking love. <laughs> there's like there's Norbit a, and shit, you know? There's a lot of bodily fluids. And uh, shit humor, piss humor. Yeah. Let's stick. try and stick things up her ass or <laughs> suck dick humor. Yeah, a lot of homoerotic humor, I guess, poking fun at that. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what he does. He likes to make you feel uncomfortable. 
But I figured, you know, you you challenged me to watch movies with spies and ejaculate, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought I'd return the favor all in one. You talking about the bloody ejaculate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I picked one with clean ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. It was all clean. I suppose. <laughs> Elephants typi- are typically clean. Just standard. Spoilers. We're not <laughs> spoilers yet. <laughs> all right. Well, um, yeah, I'll have to give this a last resort. It's a last resort. Uh, so... Now we come to the actual challenge. This is a challenge. You are going to see a movie that is in my top five. In your fave five? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on any particular day, it could be my favorite. I enjoy the hell out of this movie. Boogie Nights. You're going to watch Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Marky Mark. More more genitals. <laughs> yes. Burt Reynolds. Just <laughs> killing it in here. Career resurgence, Burt Reynolds. So yeah, enjoy that. Wait, wait, was this was this before strip tease? This is like a year after. Wait, I think strip tease is like ninety six. This saying, is ninety seven. You're saying strip tease wasn't his re- career resurgence? <laughs> that was a popular movie he was in. It was the jump off. Yeah. <laughs> Just a jumping off point. <laughs> he is fantastic in here, but the whole cast is. I mean, the cast is great. You get Don Cheadle, you get John C. Riley, you get Julianne Moore, Thomas Jane, go on and on. Heather Graham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a delight, and the soundtrack is incredible. So you enjoy that. Two and a half hours, so a little longer. Oh. <laughs> oh. I give you an 83-minute movie. And you're like, Fuck that guy. Uh, Fuck him and his time. All right. Um, so before we talk about spoilers for the Brothers Grimsby, uh, please reach out to us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or bread at positively wolf one. You can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. So let's get into spoilers for the Brothers Grimsby. Yeah, a lot of jizz. <laughs> they almost drowned in it. Mm-hmm. You think they would after that train? I think I saw in the uh, some of the uh, extra features on the Blu-ray that they actually consulted with uh, some zoologists to see <laughs> if two grown men could fit inside an elephant's vagina. And what did the zoologist say? <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess technically. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like the elephant wouldn't feel much because that was just a big cavern in there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, man. That was uh, <laughs> like a wizard sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who comes up. I guess Sasha Baron Cohen probably came up with that, but uh, it's amazing the special effects they did for having two grown men inside of an elephant getting poked with a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can't believe Mark Strong took 
that much elfin jizz to the face. <laughs> I mean, this guy has some uh, legit acting chops. Yeah. This is kind of crazy about some of the actors in the movie. Penelope Cruz, she's in pretty much every new Almodovar film every year. Up for awards sometimes, and she's in here. You got Mark Strong, Gabor Sidibe, making uh, fun of herself, her appearance. <laughs> That's the whole reason she's there. She's just like a one-note gag. And then they do the POV of uh, Sasha, Sasha Cohen. Cohen likes fat girls, right? Isn't that funny? Sasha Cohen <laughs> going down on her with the with the POV contact lens uh, yep. camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. Yeah, I thought the best part of the film was the action with the POV towards the beginning with Mark Strong, his first mission. That was pretty cool how they filmed all that. Yeah, they it, together they went all out on the, the you know the actual like spy action sequences. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would say you could put that up against any other like action movie that has come out in the last like five or ten years in that kind of genre like a like a born movie or a bond movie or something i would say that would hold up yeah it was a good scene rebel wilson was pretty funny hot flaps how about that uh, opening scene where they're testing the mattress at the mattress (laughs) store that's pretty good (laughs) they get right into it Mm -hmm. like you know what you're getting into and then i didn't get it so he t- he buys the mattress and then does he pawn it off a couple of times to get like it seems like he switched it out like twice. No, I think he just uh, stopped to pick some other stuff up on the way okay. home. Because it took him forever to get the mattress home. <laughs> it was like dragging it in the streets, and then I I don't know if he stopped for uh, like cigarettes or a beer or something, and and then like people were like on top of the mattress and. <laughs> He had to shoo him away. <laughs> I forget all the kids' names, but the kids were pretty hilarious, too. <laughs> Eleven kids. <laughs> Is that your son? Don't be mental. That's our grandson. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the one pretending to be uh, handicapped so he can get disability. <laughs> <laughs> you see that? His name's Luke. Does he pretend he has leukemia? <laughs> we, shave his, we shave his head so it looks more like it. <laughs> You're sitting on a gold mine with yours. You about, get a lot of money from that. How about how he left his uh, his brother's room just the way he likes, and then he's like, you know, uh, our uh, childhood idols didn't like women as much as we thought they did. And it's like George Michael and Freddie Mercury and mm-hmm. Elton John, and some of them liked them a little too much, and it's Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, this was probably maybe just a year after all that came out. Yeah. I mean, 2016. They had to put the Trump thing in there Mm -hmm. where Trump got AIDS. Yeah. And Daniel Radcliffe. From Daniel Radcliffe. (laughs) Yeah. At at the end of the movie, it says the end, and I started to turn it off, and a couple of, like, notices came up, like, Daniel Radcliffe was involved in this movie, doesn't have AIDS, same with, like, Trump. I was like, I turned it off. I don't know if there's anything else after that. I don't know. They kind of implied that Trump has AIDS, but he wasn't involved in the movie. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. I see. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty fun stuff. It's pretty wild. It's pretty out there. It's probably not for everybody. Yeah. Like, if it was on TV, I'd watch parts of it, but I wouldn't. 
I don't know how you could put this on TV. Like, if it had to be like, like a movie channel. Like, like it was on HBO or something. Twenty minutes of it. But I, I don't know if like Comedy Central would ever play it. Maybe after ten o'clock on the weekends or whatever. Maybe midnight with Mark Strong. Secret stash. Mark will do that. Mark Strong whipping his balls out. Yeah. <laughs> Teabagging is where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was going to come up again because all the uh, guys from the bar run in on him while they're doing that. And then, like, when they see him later, they don't really bring it up. Well, they were taking the, the – where it came up again was – so after that one, uh, you know, he, he dribbles on on mm-hmm. Nobby's face and he says, uh, you came on my face. And he says, no, it was just a little pre-ejaculate. Yeah. And then later uh, – when they're inside the elephant, mm-hmm. he, Nobby says it back. He's like, oh, it's just a little pre-ejaculate. Yeah. But I meant like, I thought <laughs> the guys seeing them. Would make fun of them for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they put it on the internet. That's how they found them. Again, I guess. Uh, I suppose. That's how they figured out they were together. Must have missed that. So there was a, uh, I watched the deleted and extended scenes. You know, the scene after they get fucked by the elephant, they're in the bath together. Yep. There's a version of that scene where when Nobby squats down to sit in the bathtub, just a whole bunch of elephant jizz just comes out of his ass. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I can see why they got rid of that. Not needed. He was, he's like talking about how he just took like a, a ghost shit, you know, mm-hmm. it's all white and, <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the plot to, uh, what was the, uh, I forget what was the name of Penelope Cruz's, uh, front. Uh, Her name was like Rhonda George, I think. Right. She was part of some uh, charity for <laughs> eliminating disease. Right. But it was really she was gonna spread a disease at the the soccer world championship, mm-hmm. and uh, it was in the fireworks. They were gonna have the like the biggest fireworks display, and she edited in two of the fireworks, and uh, the two brothers had to shove them up their cram ass. it up their cram hole. <laughs> How'd you like the scene of them going up with the fireworks? That was a pretty good special effect. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know that uh, there was an ingredient in elephant semen that would counteract the neuro the neurotoxin? <laughs> Where have you had elephant semen? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely a bunch of gr- gross out humor, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I like that stuff, so it's it was fucking hilarious to me. No. Yeah. What would you give? Would you give it a eventually or soonish? Or? I would say eventually. Okay. You know, it's you know, it's not like the greatest movie, but like there's laughs throughout. There's there's funny stuff throughout it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's cool spy stuff, action. Like I said, it's not like people are grossed out by that stuff and they don't think it's funny. So I know not everybody will like it, but yeah. Fuck it. I would recommend that. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Yeah, some of it was just a little too low-hanging fruit for me, but, you know, it's kind of to be expected from Sasha Baron Cohen, so, like, it didn't, 
didn't bother me like the quote unquote gross out humor didn't really gross me out. It was just kind of like, eh, it's not as funny. It's way over the top. And, yeah. And there's a lot of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I could see that. But yeah. Like I said, there is still some funny parts in here. Fun to be had. Action to be seen. I like it a lot better than the dictator. That's for sure. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to watch the dictator again, I guess. To I don't even remember really a lot of the stuff that happened but... in the dictator, but I feel like he played it a lot safer. Yeah. Like it wasn't wasn't as good. Although I did love it when on the red carpet he dumped that urn on Ryan Seacrest's <laughs> suit. That was fucking hilarious. Wasn't it was that, in real life. That wasn't in the movie. Wasn't that the ashes of Saddam Hussein? It was supposed to be something <laughs> like that. <laughs> or Gaddafi or something. Yeah. One, of the, one of the dictators that they had recently killed. <laughs> Seacrest was fucking pissed. <laughs> was at the, uh, I think it, was at, it was at the Oscars. Red carpet, I believe. Yeah, I don't remember which show it was, but I remember that, yeah. But the the movie didn't really live up to the uh, the expectation, I think. Yeah. All right. Anything else about the Brothers Grimsby? I don't know, but uh, I would say, like I said, I recommend it to our listeners. And uh, I'm just gonna assume that that's how all British people are. <laughs> Stephen Mark, <laughs> let us know. All right. We will check you later. Check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you off my case.